Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Great, uh, great stuff from Brad Biggs a little bit earlier covering the uh, Chicago Bears. And now we uh, go northward and uh, we talk to our guy Andy Herman of the Packet A podcast uh, joining us uh, at Andy Herman NFL over on X. You can find him there. Andy, how you doing, pal? Bill, I'm doing great. Thanks so much as always for having me. Uh, let's start with uh, Jordan Love in the offense. Uh, you know, obviously Jordan Love down the stretch has impressed a lot of people, and this is a big game where we've seen an ebb and flow throughout the season where games we thought they would win, should win, could win, they didn't. So how much of a, uh, uh, of a kind of a cap to the season is this game coming up on Sunday? Yeah, it almost feels like this Bears team is like a final boss at the end of a video game for Jordan Love and this Packers offense. And I know they had a ton of success against them early in the season. So uh, on the surface, it may not feel that way. But as I'm sure most people know, and I'm sure it's probably uh, Brad Biggs just discussed, this Bears defense has been playing entirely different uh, ever since they got Montez Sweat. That young secondary has really come together. Jalen Johnson's at complete top of his game. Um, and, you know, the Bears are going to find themselves in probably a franchise tag situation with him. Tyreek Stevenson, the young corner, is balling out. So this Bears defense has been just super impressive. And then, you know, when you kind of look at it uh, from a Jordan Love side of things, he just continues to get better and better every single week. I loved what they did against Minnesota this past week, giving Jordan a little bit more autonomy at the line of scrimmage and really just having answers to everything Minnesota could possibly bring from a pressure standpoint. Minnesota brought a ton of pressure. Green Bay had uh, easy answers, whether it was just checkdowns to Tucker Craft and some you know, wide receivers underneath over the middle, whether it was you know, Jordan knowing that he was going to have to buy a little bit of time, maybe fade away on a throw and still find Bo Melton down the field or Jaden Reed on a complete seam, uh, you know, seed down the, the seam route. Like, no matter what question was asked of the Vikings defense, Jordan and, and Matt LaFleur had answers to it all day long. They're going to have to have a similar game plan against Chicago, just trying to be one step ahead of what that Bears defense is going to ask. But this is going to be a very tough challenge for Green Bay and the offense regardless. Were you surprised at how wide open some of the Packers wide receivers were in that game? It's funny because, you know, this, this Vikings defense has been in vogue all season, and you, you got to be more aggressive. you got to blitz. And I know a lot of Packer fans have been wanting a, a more similar type of structure in Green Bay. That's the life you live in sometimes when you're a pressure-happy team. Yeah, you're going to create some chaos. You might create some turnovers. Um, you're going to put the pressure on the opposite team. But if they have solutions for it, and I thought Matt LaFleur did a tremendous job, especially early in this game, you go back to that Tampa game, and what Tampa was really doing was blitzing a lot on early downs and a lot of Green Bay's play-action stuff. Green gave Green Bay a ton of problems, and they sort of learned from it. And in this game, instead of what they did is they had a lot of just easy release options, some of those Tucker Craft throws that I mentioned earlier. Uh, but they also did a lot of max protect stuff early in this game. Now, the Vikings screwed up some coverages in the defensive backfield, too. So it's not like it was just all Green Bay's you know, planning and everything. Uh, Minnesota had a piece to do with that. But overall, I thought the, the max protect scheme that they did, especially on early downs, making it that they had the ability to pick up those Vikings blitzes, and then Jordan's ability to find receivers downfield. And if a couple throws are just uh, an inch closer, the one to Malik uh, Heath, excuse me, and then the, the, the one to uh, Bo Melton, who, you know, Melton probably still could have come up with a catch, um, you know, Green Bay might put up, you know, 40-plus, 50-plus in this game if, if they're just a little bit more sharp. But um, that's why, again, this game is going to be such a challenge this week. This Bears defense is really good, and they've got to find a way to even be sharper against Chicago this week. Where in the hell did Bo Melton come from? I mean, so much so that uh, Samari Torre, they're going to say uh, his season's come to an end, no matter what the severity of the injury is, he's done. 
And Bo Melton has made the roster, and he looked like he was another version of Devontae Adams. Holy mackerel. Yeah, he was so fun to watch. And, I mean, just the ability for him to come up off the practice squad in these past two weeks really just filled the Jaden Reed role. Um, you know, Jaden Reed didn't play last week, didn't or two weeks ago didn't play in the second half this past week. And, you know, he just kind of filled that spot. It was He's such an impressive player coming out of college. 4-3-40, if I remember correctly. Um, super athletic guy. Goes to the seventh round of the Seahawks. It's funny, when Green Bay was struggling at the end of that season, I said what Green Bay should start to look to do is find some younger players on practice squads, similar like they did to Alan Lazard back in the day. One of the players I pointed to was Bo Melton because he was such an athletic dude. And, of course, you know, lo and behold, the Packers sign him. You never really think that anything crazy is going to happen. Um, even, you know, after the, the, you know, the Panther game, you're like, it's probably just a one-week thing. Now, these past two weeks, there's even a play uh, in the Buccaneers game where he got in from, like, it just looked different. I'm like, man, that, that he's got some juice out there. Like when I was watching the all 22, um, these past three weeks have been super impressive. I don't think in any way, shape or form, this is just some random flash in the pan. I think he has the skills to succeed at a high level in green Bay. I think we're going to see more of Bo Melton moving forward. I, uh, I liked what they've kind of put together. I know that Matt LaFleur has talked about the receivers that have kind of taken it upon themselves to get together and kind of get their communication down. And, and I was saying a little bit earlier, sometimes I guess when you don't have an ego, you're not a veteran, you're not the guy leading a group, and you're, you're willing to sit down and put your ego aside and take criticism from others and critique others as well, that really bodes well. And it seems like the, the receivers have taken it upon themselves to just get better, right? There's definitely a piece of that. And I just want to go back to Bo Melton for a second as we're discussing this as well. My favorite stat this week was Bo Melton being the first receiver, uh, you know, or player over 100 yards receiving on the season. And it's cool because it's Bo Melton and he's a practice squad guy and he comes up and does it. That's awesome. But I think the bigger story here is that Green Bay hasn't had to rely on one guy. As awesome and unbelievable as Devontae Adams was, there were times where they kind of just spammed him. And listen, if I were quarterback, I would have done the exact same thing. That guy's incredible. He's open a lot. He should be the primary read just about every single time. And you start questioning yourself if you're not throwing that guy the ball. But I think the beauty of this offense and these players and these receivers and tight ends is they can go to any player at any time on any occasion. And all of them are well within their uh, you know, skill set to perform at a high level with what they're being asked to do. I saw really around that Steelers game, and I know Matt LaFleur has talked about it as well, um, where they kind of figured out something on offense. To me, it's really been they found the roles for all of these wide receivers, tight ends, running backs that really fit them incredibly well. And I think they've been starting to you know, like just sort of max out what they do best. And we've seen a much better offense during that time. And Green Bay can go to any of these players, and they have just a variety of different skill sets. And, again, Matt LaFleur has everything at his disposal to use those to the best of his ability. And we've really seen that offense take, you know, really take off since that point. Now, I, I know the big question for many fans was, oh, my God, the defense played well. Is this a stay of execution for Joe <laughs> Barry? And I said, absolutely not. But I got to give Barry credit for as much grief as we gave him leading up to that. He did a lot in the sense of being able to get after the quarterback, also doing a few different things. We saw some stunts and blitzes. And, uh, and, and even Quay Walker said after the game, he just let us play. Now, granted, they had a lead, but he let us play. I, you know, Do we see more of that this week from Joe Barry? I think so. I think they did stumble upon something this past week that seemed to work a little bit better. It was interesting. They, they pressured, but they did so in smart ways. They, they matched up their coverages on the back end with their blitzing, which I didn't think they did a great job of against Carolina. Everyone seemed to be on the same page. I thought this was the best that they communicated all season long. 
Um, just like, again, it wasn't like any crazy exotic blitzes. It was maybe a Keyshawn Nixon from the slot. You saw Quay Walker, maybe a couple double inside linebacker blitzes here and there. Uh, but it wasn't anything crazy or exotic. And again, everyone had the ability to execute what they were supposed to do. Again, matched up with the coverages on the back end. Great communication. I thought the tackling was better. And when you have a game plan like that, and it's fairly simple, and guys can go out and execute and communicate well, you're better. Now, to your point, nobody's crowning this defense or Joe Barry. Um, this is probably more similar to a Brett Rippon Rams game than it is to, to anything else where they went out and had this insanely massive performance. But I do think not too dissimilar from what the Steelers did on, or what Green Bay did against the Steelers on offense and kind of figured some things out. I do feel like the defense maybe figured some things out this week and how they can sort of, you know, kind of rinse and repeat and do it again against Chicago. So they're going to have to change things up a little bit. Chicago is going to be watching the tape this week and obviously having counters to some of the stuff that Barry just did. But I'm hoping they kind of found that sweet spot of zone coverage, a little bit more blitzing mixed in, better communication, better tackling. And when those things happen, you're going to have a puncher's chance on defense, which hasn't always been the case for the defense this season. With all the injuries, if they are depleted in the uh, wide receiver position, they're down to Tucker Craft at the tight end position. Montez Sweat and company get after it. They've been very good, almost like a tip drill when it comes to this secondary and being able to pick off the football. Uh, Do the Packers have enough uh, weaponry-wise to be able to overcome what the Bears defensively are going to throw at them? I think they do. I think it starts and ends with Jordan. Uh, he's been, again, on top of his game. He's been able to read defenses, know exactly where to go with the football. And I think Green Bay's shown off their depth. You know, we've seen already that Christian Watson's practicing this week. He might come back. We've seen Bo Melton step up. Dontavian Wicks practiced. Uh, the, you know, I think it was yesterday. Um, you know, there's just a variety of players that they have. Romeo Dobbs is healthy. I think they have enough pieces. We might see Luke Musgrave return this week. And I think the, the not underrated, but that maybe even not talked about enough aspect is Aaron Jones coming back. And it's, it's certainly not advantageous that he missed so much time during the season. They probably have a much better record if he plays all throughout the year. But getting him back at this time with legs that aren't extremely tired, that don't have 20, 25 carries on them for a 17-game season, um, and he's pretty fresh at this point. I'm not saying he's not banged up because we know he has some injury issues that he's still going through. But you can see these past two weeks, he's got a ton of juice. He's finding holes. He's you know making explosive plays. I know Mike Wall likes to say he's like lighter fluid in that backfield, and I totally agree with him. Um, that that's a guy that, you know, if you continue to feature him in the offense, this offense looks totally different and it takes some of that pressure off of Jordan Love. What do you do with uh, Aaron Jones in the offseason? And I, I said the same thing, that when he's healthy, he's incredibly dynamic. He still has a very quick first step. And, and we always know when you get over 30, you start to lose your legs, you lose your speed. But, man, his first step, his quickness is dynamically different than anybody else that runs behind that offensive line when he's healthy. I wouldn't be so quick to turn him out. You know what I mean? I think there's probably a, a middle ground between Aaron Jones, who has wanted to stay a Packer and has been willing to take some pay cuts, and Green Bay also recognizing the fact of, all right, he's turning 30. He's had the most injured season of his entire career. We can't pay him what he's scheduled to make right now. But I think there's a middle ground that those two can get to. I'm more leaning towards that I would expect him back next year. I think maybe they don't retain an A.J. Dillon and maybe draft a couple guys just as depth with a little bit more uh, juice to, to back him up in case he does have some injuries again next season. 
Now that you really kind of know your quarterback position is settled, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm going to, you know, jump in and give a, a giant contract to Jordan Love because you still got another year of kind of prove it to me, but you kind of know that's settled. What are you looking at? I mean, to me, I continue to build with weaponry. You've spent so many assets on defense. At some point, it's got to pay off, and maybe just a new voice will cause it to pay off. To me, I continue to bolster the offense. What do you do? Yeah, I'm I'm in a mix. I still think that you want to continue to build up this offensive line. I still don't think Josh Myers has been good enough, despite uh, multiple people saying he's playing the best football of his career. And I still think you want to be able to com- you know have some competition on that line. I like Rasheed Walker a lot and what he's done, especially in the second half of this season. But I think you'd love some competition there. I think you'd mm-hmm. love competition for Sean Ryan at right guard. I think you'd love competition for Josh Myers at center. And we know how hard it is to find good offensive linemen and to have depth at the position. You're probably going to u- lose Yash Nyman and John Runyon Jr. in the offseason. So I think competition and depth is going to be super important along that offensive line. And then, unfortunately, as much as it, it's a bummer because they have spent so many assets, I still think the number one issue for this team right now is defense, and I think they need a different mentality. That secondary is probably where you really need to look at it. The safety spot right now, you've only got Anthony Johnson Jr. and Zane Anderson, I guess kind of Benny Sapp under contract for next year. Um, you're going to need some some big-time playmakers in that secondary. I don't know you know, where the Jair situation takes them this offseason. Eric Stokes cannot be relied upon at this point. So to, to me, the secondary offensive line are probably the two biggest things that I'd be looking at. Yeah, I would agree with the, that secondary position, which is so bizarre because they've spent so many assets, defensively speaking, to try to bolster that thing. And I, it just every year it's 15th, 16th, 17th. They're never in that top 10. They're never in that top five. And you, maybe it's a new voice. Who knows? Maybe they just turn them loose. But I, I completely agree with you. Hey, uh, give me your thoughts on the special teams because they have not been special. They've been especially bad for the most part. And then Anders Carlson, a guy that – They've had issues now, granted, a couple of times it's been the snap, but they've had issues with a guy just making PATs on a regular basis. I think you still hold your breath when he gets back there after a touchdown. So uh, that has not proven out to be too well. Yeah, the the weird thing with Anders, right, is like it it seems like almost the same probability of him making like a 55-yarder as it is like an extra point. You just don't know. Like you said, you're holding your breath. He's got a great leg. You know, he's shown off. Um, that he can make some of those longer kicks, but it's just completely inconsistent. And it's not totally uncommon for a rookie kicker. You're willing to take some of those longs, but he has to start learning from it as well. Um, from two weeks ago, like you said, high snap, bad hold. And I can, I can understand and give a little bit more forgiveness on the play like that. This past week, it's a perfect snap, perfect hold, and he just misses it. And there's been, when, when they said five missed extra points, I almost had to do a double take because that's yeah. far too many, obviously, in a season. And then like the, the Samori Toure play, right? So we know Jaden Reed's out at that point. Um, we know Keyshawn Nixon just fumbled a few weeks ago, so maybe that was playing in their mindset. But um, even if you need, if you have to go with Samori Torrey in that situation, and for me, unless something was wrong with Keyshawn Nixon, I think you still have to put him back there in that situation. But you're up by that much. It's, you're putting the guy back really for the first time. That's the sort of situation where you say, hey, you're fair catching this no matter what. We, we don't need a big play here. Just fair catch this. Get our offense on the field. They've been dominating all day. Don't try to do something. And I don't know. Maybe they told him that and he just didn't do it, but it certainly didn't seem that way. Like those are the type of mistakes that you just have to be prepared for. Um, even the same thing with the, the Keyshawn Nixon fumble a few weeks ago. They, they usually use like two different returners, Jaden Reed or Nixon. Reed's kind of more a safe option. They decide to put Nixon back there and then he tries to make a big play and then causes a mess of it. So I think it just, some of those things have to really be tightened up and it's, it's been a little bit of a disappointment in year two of Rich Passaccia so far. Yeah, no doubt. I would completely agree with you. Who you got coming up on uh, Sunday? 
I got Packers by three. I think it's going to be a really close game. I do think the Bears are going to fight tooth and nail to try to upset Green Bay, follow the, the Lions' blueprint of upsetting them last week uh, in the final or last year in the final week of the season. Uh, but I think Green Bay overcomes this year, wins by three in a very close game. Andy, great stuff. We'll see you up there and appreciate it, pal. Hey, can't wait. Thanks so much, Bill. All right, buddy. There you go. Andy Herman, the Packaday Podcast, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline, giving us his thoughts on this uh, Packers team moving forward, some thoughts about the offseason, and a lot of what they need to do to get this win coming up this weekend as well. Speaking of, if you got some weekends that are going to be free and starting to look towards uh, what's coming up, you got the boat show coming up. And if you're going to check out our friends at Skipper Buds, go see Todd. He's going to be at the Wisconsin Center, uh, or at the, uh, the Wisconsin Expo Center. And uh, that's where the uh, the boat show is going to be. Skipper Buds in Pewaukee with boat sales, service, and storage, 262-544-1200. But uh, if you're going to make some boat show deals, Todd's the guy to see when you go to the boat show uh, coming. It's uh, fast approaching. I can't believe the boat show's right around the corner. The RV show's right around the corner. The sports show's right around the corner. we got all those off-season shows that are getting ready to get underway. And go check out our friends over there at Skipper Buds. And also, when you're there, make sure you look through the books. they got a lot of used inventory as well. So if you're looking to make a deal, eh, maybe you don't want to go new. Go used, and right now is the time to do it in the offseason. Now is the time to make your deal. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Bill Michael show on this Thursday, continuing on bottom of the hour. You're going to hear from Jordan love. He ended up uh, chatting with the media. Didn't uh, take a listen to that last night. So we'll listen to that today. In the meantime, if you want to keep that swing in order, even in the winter months, and it hasn't gotten dreadfully cold yet, but uh, they've got heated bays and a tremendous facility right there in Franklin, Wisconsin, the Lux golf bays, L U X E Lux golf bays, go to luxgolfbays.com. Whether it's uh, going to the golf bays and we, where you can get food, you can get beverages, you can bring a group yourself, uh, you know, a couple of couple of buddies, whatever it happens to be, you can go to Lux Golf Bays. Or they've got the pizzeria next door, the doghouse next door, Blend is across the street. So many different things to do over at the Rock Complex at the Ballpark Commons in Franklin, Wisconsin. But Lux Golf Bays, get a hold of them. Go to LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. They're making snow at the ski hill. That's going to be opening up uh, shortly. So that's I saw when we were over there for Enchant, that we were over there on a warm night, and the snow that they had already made was melting, but now that it's gotten colder at night, uh, they're starting to make snow again. So uh, they're going to be opening up the ski hole um, relatively soon too. But LuxGolfBays.com, that is Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. Great place to go and keep uh, keep the swing intact in the offseason. Um. This is, uh, this is from Jason. Jason says uh, this game is vital for the Green Bay Packers to take that next step. If they can do it without Aaron Rodgers, it would be huge. It would validate everything that Matt LaFleur has done thus far. To be able to get to the postseason without arrogant Aaron would be huge for Jordan Love as well to prove that he is better than Aaron Rodgers at this point in their careers. Um, I don't know about better, but I, I get – I get kind of irritated at the comparison because they Aaron Rodgers got compared a lot to Brett Favre, and there were two different players. Aaron Rodgers, very cerebral. Brett Favre, very much the heart of a lion. He was a guy that was going to run over you. He was going to fight with Warren Sapp. He was going to bite ankles. He was going to 
all that stuff, you know. Aaron Rodgers was a guy didn't want to take a hit, knew to throw the ball away, knew to live to fight another day, was, wasn't but very cerebral at the line of scrimmage and knew exactly what you were going to throw at him and therefore executed against that particular defense. So I, I, I don't know if I would compare Jordan Love to Rodgers or Favre at this point. I just think Jordan Love has – the leadership quality has been as good, if not better. And working with the guys around them, I I can't explain it. I Rogers was, you need to work hard to get up to my level. Favre was one of the guys until he was the oldest guy in the room, and then it was, okay, let's just go to the field, and I'll just throw it at you as hard as I can, and you guys got to catch it. Um, Jordan Love is, hey, guys, we're all in this together. So I need to work with you. You need to work with me. Let's do this. You know, we can all hang out, which is what young quarterbacks do. I mean, I remember when Rodgers took over, they talked infamously about the barbecue that Rodgers threw. Some felt it was genuine. Some felt it was all for show. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what was in his heart and his head. I couldn't tell you. But I, I don't know that I can say – this is important for Jordan Love to to get out under the shadow of Aaron Rodgers or or anything like that. I just think it's important in the development of the quarterback position. It's important. It's more important probably for for Matt Lafleur. You bet. To be able to take a team with a new quarterback, young wide receivers, rookie guys at the tight end position, um, for all that's been made of the youngest team in the National Football League, it's more for Matt Lafleur important for him to be able to guide this team and get them to understand the importance of this game, to play at optimum performance, to win and get into the postseason, I think that it is for Jordan Love. And I hope that makes sense, you know. Um, 877-867-1670, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that, I think it's important for love to kind of validate what we've seen. You know, if, if the, if love plays well and the Packers don't win, love still validates what we've seen. You know, I think it's more important for Matt LaFleur to get the win, to keep the dominance over the bears, to get to the postseason, be in the same circumstance they were last year with, what was considered to be one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game and not get there and watch the offense fail so dismally as opposed to, and, you know, again, all the excuses that were made of, well, these guys aren't on the same page with me and they need to earn my trust and this and that, where you've got a guy in Jordan Love going, I just need to get on the same page and wing it to these guys, give them the opportunity to go catch the ball. I can't tell you how many times this year that Jordan Love has, in his, if you listen to him, has said, I just got to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers and let them do their thing. Where he's like, I'm, I'm just a quarterback. I'm, you know, a, a very humble guy. And if anything about this season has been refreshing, that's been it. It hasn't been the, the, the blame game for everybody else. Well, this guy doesn't catch it because, uh, you know, we're not on the same page. He hasn't gotten accustomed to what I need, to what I, you know, the hand waggles and the winks and the shoulder pad tugs and all that stuff. He, you know, this has just been go play. Go play football. 
go get on the same page and go play football. And, and as Jordan Love has stated numerous times, I just need to put the ball in the hands of the playmakers. So that, that's been, to me, the most refreshing thing about this season. Uh, regardless of the success, that's been the most refreshing thing about the season. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll hear from Jordan Love when we come back. We'll hear what he has to say uh, getting ready for this contest coming up on Sunday. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at uh, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And I've talked about my house numerous times, whether it's the uh, beautification and the value or being able to just kind of put that toe kick in the door or lock the windows at night and nobody's getting into the house. That's for damn sure. Not unless you're driving a truck through it. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And you can replace your drafty windows, drafty doors, lower your energy costs so they're energy efficient as well. And Appella right now offering some of the most energy-efficient windows in the industry. And uh, if you book by the 31st, and uh, that's that free in-home consultation and get it all booked up, 0% interest for 36 months. You heard it right. No interest up to 36 months if you book by January 31st, whether it's the vinyl windows, the impervia windows, the wood windows, the three different styles. Uh, the different interiors, exteriors, innovations, you name it. Pella has got something for everybody and every budget. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get a hold of them. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. We're going to hear from Jordan Love next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort, oh my goodness, do they have stuff going on. Holy mackerel. If you're looking for something to do, uh, coming up this weekend, they've got the uh, the Steakhouse Elvis Wine Dinner and Lookalike Contest coming up this weekend. That's at the Four Seasons Island Resort on the Muscano Island, uh, right in the middle of the Muscano River. Uh, then coming up on the 13th, they have the Al Capone Party in the Boundary Water Sports Bar uh, downstairs where they do Al Capone's birthday and a tribute to the Roaring Twenties. Every year. And it started out, it was just kind of like the staff dressed up a little bit. And now people get into it. I mean, they get into it big time. They've got some old 1920s cars in there up there. And people take pictures and they do specialty drinks and martinis and cocktails and things. And uh, then they've got on the 19th, the 1905 Steakhouse Grand Opening. And then after that, on the 27th, the Chocolate Fest, the Island's Chocolate Fest. They bring in vendors from all over that have different styles of chocolate. That's just in January, just in January. So they got a lot going on. If you're looking for a room, if you're looking for a discounted rate, make sure you tell Barb you heard it here. Get a hold of Barb, 715-938-5110. I love this place. The the lore, the history, the the, the spookiness to it, uh, all that stuff. Man, when you go on the island, it's like you're being transported back in time. It's great. And then they've got the huge indoor pool and hot tub and saunas. Get a hold of Barb, 715-938-5110. Again, 715-938-5110. And make your reservations now and make sure you say, I heard it on the Bill Michaels Show. You get 15% off your say. And don't forget their sister resort up in the UP, Pine Mountain. 
Uh, they've got the ski resort, and I just saw yesterday they're making a boatload of snow. And they are hoping to have that thing back open and running uh, for the ski season. So yeah, either place, whatever you want to do, uh, check out our girl Barb, 715-938-5110. Again, 715-938-5110. And that's the Four Seasons Island Resort. So that that's that's great stuff. Let's real quick, let's go to Tony listening to us in Sussex. Tony, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Bill. Um, I just started um, listening today um, a while back, but before I saw the Facebook post um, from someone on, on Gerard Alexander, on Alexander, you know, from yeah. how he was before. And I'm going to say something controversial here, and people may think I'm crazy, but I, I would not start him, and I would barely even play him. I don't feel after all the time that he was out that there's times he couldn't have played. I think he's a head case. He needs to very much grow up. You could tell by the way he was talking before he got suspended as to the way now he got a little bit humbled. But I would use him very sparingly and send one big message to him because this this, uh, player does not get it. Okay, and he was horrible the last time he played in the last game, you know, before, mm-hmm. last week or, you know, what was it? How many, how many times ago. did they throw it? A couple weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, a couple they weeks went ago. After, and, he's, he's not had a great season, Tony. I would agree with you. Uh, I, I will well, say this. It, yeah, no, I agree. But if you did you happen to hear him yesterday speak to the media? A little bit. Yeah, I a mean, he, okay. he said, yeah, what I did was wrong. No, no, I mean, I, I only heard that little thing on Facebook, but it just tells me that, yeah, you get sat, sat down for a game and um, he's not going to change overnight. You know, he's going to say the right thing in his mind just so he can get himself back on the field. But that, that guy needs an attitude adjustment like no one else does. And he's hurting that defense. He's hurting his, his buddies on that defense that he says, oh, my gosh, they got my back. They backed me up. No, he's actually hurting him. He's sending the wrong message. He's making the most money. He needs to send him. He needs to be a leader, more of a leader to the right. fact that doesn't maybe have to be vocal in the locker room, but he's got to set some by example. And That's, I don't no, think I, gonna, I, I get I it. Let, let me do it? this, Tony. No, I completely understand where you're coming from. And, and here's my thought on that. Okay. Uh, and I look, he has not played well. I don't think anybody that wants to say, hey, everybody's got to be available. You need everybody. You need your best players uh, on deck because this is the Bears. This is the postseason, blah, blah, blah. I 100% agree with all of that. But at what point do you give him the next opportunity? I think, uh, to me, if he's able to go, he's one of your best. Appreciate the phone call. If he's able to go, he's one of your best players. If he's not, then no, you don't play him. But at some point, you got to give him the opportunity. I think. No, this is just me, but just by the way he sounded, we're going to hear from him coming up here in the next hour, but just by the way he sounded in that presser yesterday, he sounded, and I said this to Mike Clemens last night, he sounded kind of like uh, a puppy dog that got scolded, and it, it, it put the train back on the tracks. I would not be surprised if he came out and had an incredible game against the Bears this weekend, if they play him. Just, just my thought, and we're going to hear from him coming up the next hour. But at some point, you got to play him. And you're right, you want him to be a leader. He's not going to do the glasses, not going to do the belts or anything like that anymore, but his pressers are going to be more serious. 
But at some point, you got to play him. If he's your best talent, you got to give him an opportunity. It's easier to play him and say, dude, your head's not in it. I don't know what's going on, but we got to replace you. It's easier to do that than to take a guy and sit him and stick him in the corner and say, we'll call you when we need you. Uh, I don't know what that does to his morale either and the rest of the guys around him, especially if they know he's a really good player and why are you putting him on the sideline, you know, to, to make a point. I mean, and you could cost us our season because if, say, your secondary starts to get burned and Jair is sitting on the sideline, I'm looking at the coach going, why the hell are you leaving this guy over there when he we know he's our best player? Give him a chance. So I, I think it's all hands on deck, and I would not be surprised if he came out and had a terrific game. Uh, let's do this. We'll take a break. Come back here from Jordan Love. We went a little bit long in that particular segment. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show, and you'll hear from Jordan Love coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. promised you that we'd get back to it and Jordan Love talking to the media yesterday here's Jordan Love take a listen before the first Bears game this year obviously we talked to you about what it was like to stand here and be ready for that huge moment your first start as the guy here now the second time you meet them it's another huge I guess arrival at a game that means this much after everything this team's been through what's it like to stand here after the trials and tribulations and know the team you have and the opportunity you have yeah, uh, it means a lot. Um, you know, I think just the opportunity that we have in front of us to, to win and get in the playoffs, um, obviously after kind of the year we've had, um, a lot of ups and downs. So I think just putting ourselves in this position, um, it, it's awesome, and it's obviously a huge game this weekend. Jordan, I know you didn't have control over it last year because you weren't playing. But what was that feeling like walking off this field after the Detroit game last year? Yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, I think any time, you know, the season ends, it's always heartbreaking. Um, but to have a situation where, you know, you win, you get in the playoffs, you lose, you're done. Um, you know, those are the tough ones. So, um, yeah, it was tough. Can you use that as motivation, though, sort of going into this same similar situation? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I don't think we need to use that. I think this team is motivated enough just – the situation we have um, to get into the playoffs and how bad we want that. Um, like I said, just with you know the season we've had, the bumps um, along the road, but uh, to put ourselves in position, um, you know, I think everybody's very motivated. Did last week feel like a different week? I know that it's always one week at a time, but it was kind of an essentially a, a playoff game. I mean, whoever wins puts himself in position. Doesn't. Did it feel different last week? Um, no, I mean, I think there. I think it was a. A high-level game, high-intensity game, but uh, I mean, I think for a couple of weeks now we've had that mindset that you know every game for us is a playoff game. Um, you know, we have to win every one of them to have a shot. Um, so I think all of the games we've played the past couple of weeks have uh, all been high-level games that we've all known what's at stake and know, known what we need to do to to get in the playoffs. We've talked all year about your your experience and you know, young receivers and all that. How much does those big game experiences help you going into this week and? Whatever's ahead for you guys that you've kind of been there and done that to some extent. I say it again, sorry. Yeah, um, you guys. We've talked about you being young, the receivers being young, um, but you guys have had these big games. So how much does that help you going into a big game this week and then whatever's ahead? Yeah, um, you know, I think anytime you've been in that position before, had these big games, um, you know, it gives you confidence going into another one. So, um, like you said, yeah, we've had some big games throughout the season, um, and you know, 
this is a, obviously the biggest game of the season so far for us. So, um, you know, I'm excited for it. What's just how has the season, I know there's still a big game left, but how has the season gone based off maybe what your expectations were for your first year as a starter? Yeah, um, you know, I think nobody had a lot of expectations coming into it. Um, you know, we know every week we're trying to put our best foot forward, go out there, win every game, and put ourselves in position to get in the playoffs. Um, and obviously, I think as the season's gone on, um, like I said before, there's been highs, been lows, um, and we've been able to learn, you know, a little bit about what the team's all about. Um, and, you know, I think we found out a lot just about, you know, how we go through adversity um, and stick together and come out the other end. So um, there's been a lot of lessons throughout the season. But, uh, you know, I'm happy to say that we're in position to, you know, get into the playoffs if we win this last game. Jordan, was there a specific aspect of the job that once that clicked for you, that made everything easier, that that was a turning point for you? Um, yeah, I think uh, just getting more reps getting uh, more comfortable out there under center, seeing different looks I'm getting on defense, um, you know, getting more reps, getting more chemistry with receivers, things like that. I think all those little things play into um, finding a good rhythm throughout the game, getting more comfortable out there, um, and just being comfortable, you know, seeing what the defense is doing, um, knowing where I got to go with the ball, um, and obviously all the lessons I've learned just throughout, um, you know, missing a couple guys, understanding where I need to, when I need to get to the check downs, um, and just finding that rhythm, getting those positive plays going, um, and trying to stay on the field as long as we can. So I think there's been so many lessons throughout the season that I've learned um, that, you know, you just kind of don't learn those lessons throughout practice and different scenarios that you need to be in the game to, to learn those. Both rematches in the division, you obviously found answers to defenses. Uh, what can you take from the first one from the Bears? How much different do they look now from coordinator Montez now on board? Um, just what you see in the Bears defense the second Yeah, um, you know, it's been a while since we've seen them, but um, you know, I see a lot of good things from that defense. You know, I think they um, played well the first time we played them. I think we were able to take advantage on third down in, in the red zone, but um, you know, I think just looking on film, the past couple weeks they've been playing at a high level. Um, obviously, you see how, how well they've been doing to get takeaways and generate turnovers. Um, but I think they do good stuff. You know, they, they don't do a whole lot of coverages, and I think they execute what they do at a high level. So, um, you know, we just got to find some answers to, to take advantage of what they do. Um, but it's good defense. Thomas said, just, Thomas said, just like you just did, that getting to the check down was pretty important for your development. How, what was that process like for you? Because obviously you want to make plays Yeah, um, you know, it's been a learning thing for me. I think getting into the game early on in the season, you know, I would, um, you know, just kind of play the concept out and not really be piecing together some of the looks I'm getting on defense and, um, you know, what the perfect look might be for some of the plays and trying to hold and wait for guys to get in windows, things like that, instead of just kind of taking what the defense is getting me, getting some of those check downs, getting those positive plays. Um, and I think that's part of that learning curve that I had to get over is just understanding what play we like, what, what coverages we like against. And if, you know, we're not getting that coverage, um, just finding those check downs, getting those positive plays because it puts us in better position, you know, third manageable instead of being in some of those third and long situations that we were in um, earlier in the season. Talk about turning points. Matt said that Pittsburgh was a turning point. When you were going through that adversity, before you came out, could you imagine a stretch of games like this? Do you feel like you were close to this type of stretch? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we've always had confidence um, in what we're doing on offense. I think what was hurting us early was just not executing early on in the game, not starting fast, and we put ourselves in some holes. We weren't helping the defense out. Um, then we get in situations where we're having to, you know, we're down a couple scores. we got to go fast, got to get in that two-minute mode. So um, I think the turning point for us was just when we started finding that rhythm, able to start games fast, put up points, um, and put that pressure back on the defense. So, um, you know, I think – Obviously, we had to go through some things, but um, just getting a couple games into it and understanding what we need to do, what we need to get better at, um, and then obviously finding ways to get better at it and you know starting those games off faster um, was huge for us. Jordan, when you play in a, for a team that values tradition like Green Bay does, how much importance do you put on carrying on from your predecessors in terms of winning in this rivalry against the Bears? Yeah, I mean... Um, like you said, I think there's so much tradition here in Green Bay, um, and the, the main tradition is winning. Um, and, you know, I think, obviously, like you said, there's been a lot of success in the past, but um, we just try to focus on getting better every week, continue that winning tradition, um, and obviously getting into the playoffs is a huge tradition here as well. So, um, you know, I think that's what we're looking forward to more than anything is going out, finishing the season off right, um, and getting a shot in the playoffs. Jordan, Christian, Christian was out there today. Dontavian was out there today. Jaden was out there even though he missed the second half. I know you, you've obviously made it work with Malik and Bo and like all those guys, but what, what would it mean to what would it mean to the offense to, to maybe have that like everybody out there again? Yeah, it'd be huge. Um, you know, we're trying to have everybody as healthy as possible and have those guys up. So uh you know, like I said, it'll, it'll be very big to get all those guys back, get all of our weapons in, um, and you know, just be a nice help for the offense. There you go. That's Jordan Love talking to the media yesterday. A, a lot of discussion. I mean, you know, he said we obviously want to get better. We want to put ourselves in position to get to the postseason, and here we are. I mean, they understand what's riding on this game, but uh, the, the biggest concentration was do you understand what the rivalry is? Do you get it? You know, the it started years and years and years ago. It was really ramped up with Favre and the ownership between Favre and Rodgers on owning the Chicago Bears, you know, trying to keep that going. I mean, that – in other words, the media is saying, hey, dude, you know, look, Aaron Rodgers owned the Bears. You know, you, you got to keep up that tradition, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so interesting stuff uh, coming from some of the questions via the media. Uh, when we come back uh, after the top of the hour, we're going to talk a little, um, really in about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Michigan football. And uh, Michael Cohen, you used to work with the Athletic, covered the Green Bay Packers, now over uh, covering Michigan both uh, football and basketball. We'll ask him about what's going on over there, what his thoughts are regarding Jim Harbaugh, the possibility of him going to the Bears or any place else for that matter, or signing that big contract that's been offered to him. So we'll get into all of that. This portion of the program is brought to you by our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino, and they have got a lot, a lot going on down in Potawatomi, all under one roof. If you want to stay the night, they've got the hotel, luxury hotel, beautiful hotel overlooking the city of Milwaukee. Then, if you want to do the gambling, if you want to do the slots, if you want to do the table games, sportsbook, got that as well. But if you want to go out for just a night, maybe sit at the 360 bar and have a couple of cocktails and just be around the action. If you want to go over to the Dream Dance Steakhouse, Ryu, the Asian Cuisine, or maybe you want to go to the new Rock and Brews or just have some fun and go to the street eats. Whatever it happens to be, they've got something for everybody. That is Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com for all the information. PaysBig.com. Another hour of the Bill Michaels Show next.